Hey everyone, it's Mallow, your host of Identico After Dark and the creative director here for Identico. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by Gamers Heaven and their newest location just north of Seattle, Washington. There, in a family-friendly and welcoming environment, you can play tabletop or video games, read manga, or just relax with friends and sample some amazing drinks from their boba tea bar. If you want to learn more, log on to GamersHeavenSeattle.com to see hours and location. Now let's get on with the show. Hello, Fringers. The following podcast may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. Yep. 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 Yep, yep. We're having yep. we're struggling with words today. Words are hard and we're <laughs> going to do a podcast with words. We're going to paint you word pictures tonight. Cuz words are hard. That's what words we're going to do. Words are hard. Yes. Speaking of words, I'm going to say some words really quickly. Hello everyone, and welcome to tonight's episode of Identico After Dark. Our nerdy little podcast where we talk about gaming, TV, music, movies and more. My name is Mallow. I am joined, as I always am, with my co-conspirator, Alex. Say hello to the people. What's going on, everybody? I almost, because I've been thinking about it a lot lately, uh, I almost went, hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's episode of Angel City Stories. (laughs) Because it's just, you know, so many episodes of that. Angel City in, like, like, God, how long has it been? It's been it's been a little while because we only did you did a little one shot with them uh, a little while back, but I mean after that we wrapped it up around the towards the end of the year uh, yes. last year. So yeah, but it's just you know all of our creations hold a special place. So you know it's just one they of those do. things. And if you haven't watched it, you should go back and watch it. Yeah, that segues nicely into our youtubecom identico. Go check it out. We got a ton of content there for you. Uh, so much content and more adding. Uh, okay, we got a couple of podcasts to throw up there for you coming up here. Uh, so look for uh, last week's podcast coming up soon, as well as this podcast uh, will be posted up this week as well. So uh, yeah, look for look for some good stuff to fill your ear holes. And if you want to watch along on YouTube, that's fine too. But you know, there's a lot of goodness in there. I promise. So go check us out there. Uh, remember to hit the subscribe button and hit that little notification bell so you know when we drop new content on there. Uh, that helps us out, you know, beat the algorithm, all that good stuff, uh, help us out there. Um, if you haven't already check out strategy coffee, we got a link down below on the stream. Uh, use the code identico at checkout, uh, all of that, you know, a little affiliate program going on with them. And also maybe could be some custom coffee in the future. We don't know. We'll see. Um, I think we had some of it up at the store the, over the weekend, right? We, we do. Drinking some and we are serving their drip coffee there now. And you can buy whole bean from us. Yeah. So it'll be great. Um, we did Sunday. They did the, the bacons and pancakes one. Was it right? bacons? They were telling me it was cinnamon roll. I don't know. They put Maybe a cup. cinnamon roll. Anyway. I don't know. They put a cup of coffee in my face we're, and said mallow drink. So I did. We're, we're doing all the custom ones on the weekend. So come in Friday, Saturday, Sunday for some gaming and some stuff. We have sessions of Identico and D&D and all kinds of stuff coming. Yeah. So. That's Gamers Heaven, that. by the way. Gamers Heaven in Linwood. Yes. Uh, for you know those of us that want to put out the branding for you. It's Gamers Heaven in Linwood. There's also a link down below uh, uh, in the Twitch stream. We'll put something down the, in the YouTube and everything like that for you. So you can link over to it. But go check it out. Have a little fun with us over there. 
Um, you know, uh, like I said, he's got the drip coffee going. Uh, and if you need some delivered to your door uh, in relatively short time, by the way, they do a really good job on shipping. Uh, they do. Check out the link down below. Help us out on the show. Uh, same thing with Hero Forge. If you're like me and you're looking to make some uh, some new minis uh, for your identical game, go check it out. We got an affiliate link down below. Uh, they got everything from the custom color minis. They got the create your own. They got a bunch of new poses. They got new stuff coming out like all the time. So Alex is still showing off some of his katana people. Uh, so yep. go check it out down there. Uh, give us a you know everything that you got a little 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 help for yeah. the show. Um, and then finally, as always, playidentico.com for the core rulebook and everything else that goes along with it. Uh, you can check us out. We're also on DriveThruRPG. If you prefer the PDF version, check us out mm -hmm. there. Just search Identico. We got a ton of, like, we got the core rulebook PDF. We got some of our adventures on there. We got some freebies on there as well. Uh, so go check it out. It's a lot of fun. So Indeed. Indeed. Uh, tonight, man, we got a lot to talk about tonight, actually. Not gonna Let's lie. kick it off. Let's you kick it off. I like our rundown. Yeah. So we're going to kick it off with, with the CEO of Kickstarter leaving. That's an interesting one. <laughs> Very I'm, sudden. Yeah. I, I put in the rundown. I was like, Kickstarter controversy incoming? Because usually most of the time when, when somebody this high up <laughs> at a company doesn't just leave for quote unquote personal reflection. No. So and that, something has that's happened. That's that's his statement, is personal right. reflection and spending time with family, which, which sounds like a senator resigning. <laughs> okay, the second part I would like to m encourage more CEOs to do, because that will then end up leading to treating their people better. So the, the last half, I'm not going to call them on too much, but the first half is about as opaque as the wall. <laughs> like, and the the problem is, is that Kickstarter is not there. So for those that don't know, Kickstarter is what's called a PBC. It's a public benefit corporation. Uh, they restructured a while ago, and they've been through a lot of controversy since they decided to do that because there are statuses and stuff that you're supposed to be doing as a public benefit corporation. Yep. Um. But they are not publicly traded. So there's no way to look at their stuff and go, this is what's happening. Right. Right. Because there's no 10K. Um, there's no there's no requirement to tell the shareholders what's happening. There's no SEC guidance for that. There's nothing like that. And it's really difficult at times to tell what's happening inside of a company like Kickstarter. Um, well, and for a lot of reasons too, like we've been talking, we've been talking pretty heavily about the issues with blockchain and NFT and like the blockchain piece, I can kind of get behind a little bit because I understand the, the cost of doing business with servers and things like that. And if you put some yes. of that cost out into the world via blockchain and decentralized computing, um, that's okay. That's a thing. It's, it's a totally viable business model. It's the NFTs and the other stuff that's a little weird, but I mean, let's be honest. Like he's, he's only been in leadership since 2019, which I understand that the pandemic has taken its toll on all of us, but that's a short tenure that is a for a CEO. It, that is a very short tenure for even a tech CEO. I mean, 
you know, I consider Kickstarter a tech company very much in that sort of way. And it's a very short time for a CEO, even one that, you know, CEOs in, in, in the Valley and in Seattle, like they tend to hang around for a little while nowadays. It's not like the, it's not startup time where they're like, you give yourself a C level title and then, you know, you're done after two years because either went under or you got, you know, hired in to go to a bigger company or something like that. Like Kickstarter has been, been established for a while. So I, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting that like, you know, it's, it's, he's been doing this decentralized thing with blockchain in the NFTs. Well, and he's, they said they were going to slow that down. Yeah. They had, they had a bunch of layoffs last year. Yep. He started his tenure with the issue with the union. Yes, he did. Kickstarter right. United. That was the right. That was right as he started. Where they decided to, after they had filed as a PVC, they decided to not uh, recognize the union voluntarily. Right. And they forced it to go into all the other stuff. Uh, and then last year they had a bunch of layoffs. And they don't. They're not. And if you look at the numbers on their layoffs, they're not a huge company, right? They they dumped 40% of their workforce last year, and that was literally like 60 employees. Uh, Yeah. So layoffs There's, and then buyouts, right? I think layoffs was the and thing. Buyouts. Yeah, layoffs and buyouts. Right. Yeah. So, but it was 40% of the, the workforce to layoffs and buyouts, but that was still only 60 employees. If, if 40% of your workforce is 60 employees, you could, I mean, do the math, folks. There ain't many people there it doesn't take a lot to run kickstarter um yeah and they were they were they were rationalized to be a pbc in 2015 yes four years before hassan took over so that's right yeah and so again i I, i'm kind of with you mel i think that there is more to this story and I think that you will probably see it happen. So his last day is the fourth. I would say sometime like May, June, we're gonna find out what really happened. Yeah. Because this just does not smell right. Especially where he's like, we did six billion in pledges in the last three years. You yeah. know, with twenty million back. I'm like, the company's doing fine, seemingly. Yeah. So what's up? Oh. You know. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Um, I, I want to go to the chat. Welcome in chat. Everybody that's chatting on with us live. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, and somebody in the chat says it only takes one to run it into the ground. And I'm just going to say Disney anyway. Um, no, I got a better, I have a better example. Zillow. Yeah. Spencer Raskoff was, is one of the founders of Zillow and, for all intents and purposes, uh, he left his position. I think he was asked to leave the position by his other founder. Uh, Rich Barton, one of the founders of Zillow, took over the company and then yep. went on a f- buying spree with Zillow offers and all that. And then it just tanked. And it is tanking uh, the company still to this yeah, day. Zillow's, Zillow's going They're to lose hurting. billions in that deal. Um, you're absolutely right. I just, I said, this... I've heard a lot of scuttlebutt of people wanting to move away from Kickstarter. The issue with Kickstarter, and this is weird, and actually, here's another thing. Kickstarter just had, because we talked about it, what, two weeks ago on the podcast? Yes. The most successful Kickstarter of all time. Yep. Brandon Sanderson's Kickstarter for four books next year. 
uh, which is still going. That yeah, has started. It has exactly a week left to go, and it has raised thirty-two million dollars. Jeez. Uh, and I'm watching it go up as we go. <laughs> uh, it just went up because yep. now there's 140,000 backers. Yeah. Uh, this thing is. I'm one of them. Just putting that out there. <laughs> this thing is bananas. And we, we, I'm not going to beat the Sanderson thing because we had that discussion a couple of weeks ago. But again, actually, this is one of. I do want to say something about that when you get done. Go for it. Finish, finish again, your thought. This. You got the biggest Kickstarter going of all time. Kickstarter really hasn't lost any market share. There's nobody else out there right now that the majority of the businesses, be that video games, tabletop games, uh, other projects that anybody trusts to the level of Kickstarter and, and has the, quite frankly, the audience that Kickstarter has. So why? And so I just, it really is quite strange. So what's your, your thoughts on the Sanderson thing? So I want to give. So this is this is how you this is how you do it. I think Sanderson and his team. I just want to give him a little bit of praise because I've been getting the updates. He's on update number nine or something like that right now for the for the Kickstarter. I want to say that this is how you do communications on a wildly successful Kickstarter, mm -hmm. and how you realize that the thirty-two million dollars that you have been given, you're going to actually do something with. Where he continues to start putting just little things out there with every update of like, mm -hmm. okay, well, you know what you backed, this is going to every backer you're getting, you know, this digital reward or this digital reward and this kind of thing. And, you know, and now we're adding different styles to the book now because you did it. So like, you know, now you're going to be able to choose if you want a red foil or this sort of thing. Yeah. Like, he's, they're just kind of hitting the, he's yeah. hitting the, the stretch goals and stuff. Yeah. He had no stretch goals. That's the thing. These are all just things he's adding as the money is coming in or the, or what well, will come in, I guess Look, I should say. And good on him. Again, like I said, we beat this one to death. I think that that Kickstarter has earned some critique. Absolutely. Due to, to, to how they've run things. And I think that the communities have earned some critique for how they're using Kickstarter. Um, in the chat, BitPlayer saying one of my Kickstarters said they were dropping Kickstarter due to blockchain-related stuff. I've seen a little bit of that, but I'll be honest. For every person I say, I've seen saying they're dropping Kickstarter due to blockchain and them disagreeing with them using blockchain and NFT technology as part of Kickstarter. Yeah. I have seen three other creators say, I would drop Kickstarter, but I can't. It's because like- Because there is no other platform with the reach yeah. and trust that Kickstarter has as a platform. Well, um, and, it's, and it's like being an author. You cannot, yeah. like for us, right? Like. Both of our books are available on Amazon.com. Not a plug. Maybe it is a plug. Go check out our books on Amazon.com. Um, you can't get away from that, though. Like, mm -hmm. like if you're a mass market author, like a Sanderson and stuff like that, you can't say that you don't want your books in Walmart, for crying out loud, right? Yeah. Like, Walmart still has a whole book section, you know, and... You just that's just what it is. You just pick up your novel and you know it's there, right? Like and and it's a it's a market that you want to hit. Sometimes there's just there's just markets and we've we've long since said that Kickstarter it, it's not a, it's not truly a platform to actually get your dream alive, which mind you we did kickstart the you know, the identical, identical. rule book yeah. and, and very thankful that we were able to get it off the line, but like that was years ago when we did that, and then now it's becoming much more of a pre-sale platform for most larger yes. kind of things right um 
And so again, it's really hard to not, it's like trying to be like, we could go put our videos on Vimeo, which that's a whole controversy in of itself. But like we go put it on Vimeo or we could go put it behind a paywall in Patreon, but we're not going to get the views that we do in, in YouTube. Right. We're not going to get the reach of it. Right. Like you can, like you can put things on other platforms, but you go where the platforms got the most visibility. There are entire parts of ICV2, which if you don't know that, that is, that's an in like the uh, uh, gaming insider website and, and publication that tracks the business of board games and, and stuff that like we Tabletop do. and comic books. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, Alex and I have been, we subscribe to that a ton of time. We read it all the time and stuff like that. But like they've got entire, you know, and when we did our Kickstarter, there was entire, you know, Twitter handles and, and groups that all their job is, is to like retweet and promote indie people that have Kickstarter and stuff like that. Like they're building yep. a gray market around all of this kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, when it's got that kind of push behind it, you go where the market is and that's, you know, it, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, it kind of sucks, but it is what it is, you know? So, by the Speaking way, speaking of, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, is Kickstarter United actually fully done? Like they're OPEIU. Yes. Okay. So they're done, done. Like they just because they didn't yeah. like it. Okay. Yeah, that's it's done, done. They got to their their mediation, arbitration stuff, okay, their cool. initial negotiations. I don't know how long their current contract is. Um, they were definitely they were the first tech adjacent yeah. company. Uh -huh. um, and this might be a topic for another day. Chat, you tell us if you want us, you know, Mal and I to, to bloviate on this for a little while. They were really the, one of the first tech adjacent companies to form a union. Um, because quite frankly, the tech companies have been very good at keeping the unions at bay. They don't want the unions. They don't like the unions. They don't want to have anything to do with the unions. And they've done a very good job of keeping the unions the heck out of their business. Um, and I know all of you are thinking Amazon. I'm not even talking about Amazon. I'm talking about everybody. Google. Yeah. Facebook. Everybody, Twitter. Google's under fire this week because they use a uh, a pretty common thing in the tech world of copying lawyers on litigation things and stuff. So it can't be, you know, you know, it's uh, privileged and confidential, right? Like a lot of companies use that as a, a way to stop, you know, discovery and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, you'll um, see that in all the lawsuits we talk about on the show and stuff. Like yeah, they they, they had another thing come up this week. I don't think anything's going to come of it, but. You know, but speaking of unions, though, Starbucks in Seattle unionized. <laughs> they did. And uh, that's a weird one. It was uh, it was it was I'm a unanimous vote of nine to zero. <laughs> uh, now, here's the. It's one store. Yep. <laughs> but good on those nine people. Good on you. Uh, yeah. Alex I mean, isn't. Alex is not convinced whatsoever in this. Again, in this edition. Starbucks has been really, really good about that. About about keeping the unions at bay. Um, same thing with Costco. Um, sad part is the entire hustle culture needs to be reconsidered. Uh, I agree with you that the the hustle culture, which I actually blame. Our generation millennials, like I'm an elder millennial by the the standards of it. Um, 
this was the toxic part that our generation put into it. Um, you know, we can we can bust on the boomers all we want, and I will okay boomer as much as the next one. <laughs> but what our generation put out there was this, you know, have two, three jobs, hustle and grind culture, which long term is not healthy for anybody chad um, i feel personally attacked thank you yeah uh germinator goes a journey of a thousand miles i assume you're talking about the the starburst unionization it, and it does and, yep. and like i said i will be curious to see how starbucks responds long term long term because um, the seven out of their five hundred thousand stores worldwide nine thousand like yeah is it nine thousand uh, i was just joking nine thousand oh, uh, nine thousand stores yeah. And so, and it's actually really interesting because of, of they don't franchise, but they have stuff that operates under the brand, but not the corporation. It's it's a funky structure. Yeah. Um. So again, if y'all if y'all want us to talk about that at some point, like shoot us a, a text in Discord or, or leave it in the chat. We can we can go to the whole thing because I've had some 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 long term dealings with the union. I'm very familiar with the concept. Yeah. Um. And so, R.M. Brooks, I feel you. It's weird being right on the line of millennial. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> also, my hip just popped. So they, you know, it just tells you everything you need to know. Some days I, I kind of wish I was Gen Z. Everybody who's like, I wish I was born earlier. I'm like, you're nuts, man. I wish I was born later. <laughs> uh, moving on. Speaking of giant mega corporations, Netflix. <laughs> That's that's that was your segue. All right, that's my segue. <laughs> um, Netflix is trying something, and it's in Chile, Peru, and hang on, let me look at the other one. Chile, Peru, and Costa Rica. Yeah, because that's where we're testing it. I am sure that there is some data analytics guy at Netflix that said, "If we're going to roll this out in North America, these are the three countries that have the behavior that's closest to North America for password share." Blah blah blah. So in Chile, Costa Rica, Peru, they're launching a test. Basically, what you will be able to do is this. If you are currently sharing your Netflix password, Netflix is going to crack down. They're going to go, we know you're sharing your password. We can tell. We've been yeah. able to tell for a long time. So we're going to offer you a deal. You could pay an extra two bucks a month, right? So we'll use me and Mallow as the example. If I have a Netflix account and I've been sharing my password with Mallow and he's got his own profile on my thing, They'll be like, we know Mallow's not actually on the account. So for an extra two bucks a month, we will give Mallow his own username and password. It's still falling under your account, but you he can he can have his own and then you can password share with that audience. You don't have to pay the full price of another account completely. So like if your parents who are sharing your account with your kids who are off at college, yes. right? You can basically add them on for two bucks and it's totally above board, totally legit. Um, but it appears that Netflix is going to start cracking down on the thing that we've all been doing since the advent of Netflix and every other streaming service and sharing passwords. They're like, all right, we're done now. Um, this is, if rolled out globally, projected to bring an extra $1.6 to Netflix's top line revenue numbers. What do you think, Mello? I think that that is very, uh, so I think there's two things that, that their, their board needs to be thinking seriously about, because we had this discussion in the pre-show, um, that there are three tiers, three, where's there four? 
Three tiers. I'm going to go with three. Three tiers to Netflix. Uh, and the one that most people probably are doing, and the one that they got the headlines on about it, is going up to $19.99 a month. 20 bucks a month. It went up yeah. in January. 20 bucks a month. So now you're telling me that to just share with a friend... Yes. It's going to cost three more dollars. So now we're talking $23 a month. Split that yes. in half, right? You know, it's 11 and some change. Yeah. Um, you know, and for everything else from that. Now you're going to start like a gig economy for sharing out Netflix. But I, I think the, 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 the point that I'm trying to make with it is that like you can't both go up on the base price and then incur a tax for people who are trying to share because the base price is too damn much. I think that Netflix is, and this is again another reason why they're probably doing it in these countries, is so they can roll it back quickly. Yes. Um, Netflix is pushing the limit of their demand curve with price, and and for those that don't know, two things: Netflix's stock year to date has dropped huge, huge in value. They are down 37%. That's because it is several years removed from Michael Bolton's big sexy Valentine's Day special in 2017. Okay. You know what? You're probably right about that. Yeah. The best they You're gave us in 2020 was The Floor is Lava Show. Uh, Let's be honest. You know, well, I mean, they, they did give the World Tiger King. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Netflix stock's down 37% year to date. They're in a bad way. They've been hemorrhaging money for years. Um, they've been spending a crap ton on original content, some of which I think has now turned out to be a mistake. They've been churning out Hallmark Channel-esque crap romantic comedies for the last five years with the occasional, like, Ryan Reynolds thing, like that new Adam Project movies just came out on Netflix. Is that any good? Has anybody seen it? I have not seen it yet. I've heard good things about it, but I have not seen it yet. Okay. Um, but they have been hemorrhaging money on yeah stuff. They are deeply, deeply in debt. I don't know what they're going to do. The downside that Netflix has is when Disney started Disney Plus, Disney went, ha ha, and walked in with an 80-year-long vault yes. of material that they could just throw up there. And then they bought Fox and said, here's 23 seasons of The Simpsons. Is it worth $7.99? Right. And Disney, being the company that they are, and as diversified as they are, could go, we don't give a crap if we lose money on this for five years right but and disney yeah. has has reliably beat subscriber projections since disney plus launched netflix knows that they are in a dogfight now they were the only kids on the block um actually reminds me of an article i read later today because uh they released some new stills mm -hmm. for stranger things 4 now yes. chat how many of you remembered that that was still happening because it has been three years since Stranger three Things Season 3. Um, <laughs> it's actually true. I forgot about that part. Dude, it's been three years. I'm actually looking they're, to work with them about something soon. But they're, they're, yeah. they're top level They're not even kids anymore. 
by the no. way. You seen these? You seen the stills? They're grown up. Like it's like yeah, it's like, like the go, new. It. Go Google what Finn Wolfhard looks like right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, like seriously, chat. Go look at that. I haven't uh, seen a single player. episode either. I when I have to travel this summer, I might take I'll it. I'll be on honest. And see it. Uh, I didn't think my spouse would do it. I wanted to watch it. I didn't think my spouse not a big uh, like horror sci-fi fan. Uh, Bit player, I actually I recommend the show. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it greatly. Uh, there's some great 80s nostalgia for those of us that remember the 80s. Uh, there's some fun D. There's a lot of D and D references, like a yeah. lot of D and D references um, in Stranger Things. Uh, Winona Ryder does really well. Uh, yeah, what's his name? Uh, the guy who plays the red Captain America in Black Widow. Um, chat, help me out. Can't think of his name. He's in it. Oh, David Harbour. Thank you. Yeah. Jesus, brain. Uh, <laughs> David Harbour. Uh, David Harbour is great in it. Uh, it's, it's a good yeah. show. I recommend it. If you haven't watched it, catch up on it. There's three seasons on Netflix. Um, Here's what's interesting, though, when you start when you start comparing uh, when you start comparing the companies that own the streaming services, like Disney stock price is at one thirty seven. Netflix, yep. for all their issues, is still at three seventy four forty nine. Yes. Now both both have gone down significantly in the past few months. It's their market cap, and I just. Netflix's is 166 uh 166 billion while Disney's about 250 billion. So Disney's issued more stock, they're worth a little bit more. Yeah, no no no, I think I think total market cap, yes. But okay. for but like look at look at the giganticness of Disney versus Netflix and like yeah. They they've they're going through a rough patch. I think might be the way to say it. So they're going through a rough patch, but I think they can turn some things around to tips point in the chat. Like it's a free for all. If, if Netflix starts to like focus in their content and they stop trying to be the Walmart of streaming where they just take in, there's like a little bit of everything. You got your groceries, you got your clothes, you got your sporting goods, you know, and if they do a I little mean, bit of focus, they might be able to turn it around in the next year or two. So the biggest problem Netflix has had in the last couple of years is they've lost a lot of their premier streaming content because all the other, most of the other production companies have come out with their own streaming services, right? So yeah. NBC yanked The Office and Friends, which were huge Netflix polls. Uh, they yanked those and goodbye. Now they're on Peacock. Yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers pulled a bunch of their stuff. So like they pulled The West Wing off of there. And put it on HBO Max. They've got a bunch of that stuff going. Um, I just, I, they're in a, they are in a free for all for right now. And I think what Netflix is trying to do is wait it out to see how many of these streaming services that the the individual production companies have just fail. Yeah. And they go, fuck it, we'll just sell it back to Netflix because at least Netflix is paying us money. You know what I mean? We're not hemorrhaging money to build our own. Um, Chat goes. Part of me will always hate Netflix for the murder of Blockbuster. I the only reason I disagree with you, RM Brooks, is that uh, Netflix didn't kill Blockbuster. Blockbuster killed Blockbuster. Blockbuster yeah. had the opportunity to buy Netflix for something like a hundred and thirty million dollars, which at the time that that was, Blockbuster both had the money to do and was a bloody steal. Um, Blockbuster thumbed their nose at it. They okay boomered it. They were like, 
This street, this mail order DVD business isn't gonna go anywhere. This streaming thing's not a thing. Um, and by the time they figured out it was, and Blockbuster tried their own Netflix ripoff version, I had it actually, because you could both mail back your movies or just take them back to any Blockbuster and it came off your account. Um, by the time they figured it out, it was too late. And that was yeah. the deal. Um, what do you think? Is it worth the extra two bucks a month to just do it above board, Mallow? For password I, sharing? I think if, if Naomi went off to college tomorrow. Well, so I don't know if... Um, I don't know if that's actually a thing. Like, Netflix in college... Uh, I think if it's in a family account, nope. like, can't they use it still? No, so it's household. And a household account is the building, basically. Yeah. Except for when you're traveling around the world. Yeah, and then it's on your phone. <laughs> but it's they on your phone the or tablet. They've got the MAC address for that device. They could. Um, those I can easily be spoofed. Yes. That's the other thing, right? Um, I mean, some people are still going to password share and get away with it using yeah. VPNs and spoofing. And, but, but the thing is, is that most of what Netflix is counting on is kind of the same thing you count on with marijuana legalization. If we legalize it, most people are just going to do it because it's easier. Well, I think the right? thing that you're going to have with it, even is, if it's not cheaper. Well, if you, well, but if you think about it, and this is when you got to start cutting pennies in half a little bit because if you say it's going to be an extra two dollars to share a password mm -hmm. okay you are a dollar more but still cutting the the streaming price in half right so if it's a twenty dollar stream and you're sharing it with one other person to go back to our our example right you and i are paying ten dollars a piece right now we're paying eleven dollars a piece okay it's you know death by a thousand cuts right but i mean in the long run you still get to keep your streaming. You just pay $1 more, you know? I guess my other question is, is with the Netflix price increases to $9.99 or $19.99 for the, the top tier increase, right? And let's face it, nobody's getting that one screen $9.99 non-HD version. Absolutely. Like, no. Nobody has no. that. Okay. But between $16 and $20 for Netflix, with the content they have, when you add this into it, is it still worth it? Um, I will Given say the content that, that they have. No, I will say we had this. We had a very long discussion, and if you can think about having a, a long-term discussion, Alex knows my daughter and and her. She's she's a very uh, mature eight-year-old. So we were having mm -hmm. this discussion over streaming services and how we limit the number of streaming services we are paying for. Um. And all of which to explain to her that like Netflix continues to get more and more expensive per month. And she went, well, okay, well, what if we tried other services and stuff? And I was like, bingo. <laughs> I was like, you see the money. I love it. You're seeing exactly what, cause for me, it's not enough. There's not enough on that. That like brings me into Netflix. So I would say no. Now, if somebody came to me and said, all right, we can share and we'll go $11. Okay, maybe, maybe, but you know, I've been rolling with Netflix for a long time and the, just the, the random, like, it's great for like random, like French crime dramas. Like I'm going to put my mother-in-law on blast. That's what she watches on that. Like all this foreign stuff you can't really find. There's not a streaming service for it anywhere. You know, it's good for that kind of stuff. It's good for the rom-coms, but it's, 
the rest of it falls off pretty quickly as far as I'm concerned. What is that? Love, Love, Sex, and Robots, I think, or Love, Death, and Robots Yeah, was the last like two seasons of show that I was like, oh, yeah, I need to watch this. I yes. will watch Stranger Things. Uh the chat for a minute it's gone up a lot in a short amount of time seems it like has. a few months they've raised the price that is true that is true and for me netflix only has a few shows that keep music compared to all the other services again i agree with you uh bit player says every time i go back to netflix they have less to offer um and that's that, that i think is about to that's the key yeah exactly kind of the i think that's kind of where we're all landing and i and i think it's the like that where i go back to like if you if you if Netflix focuses, right, because you can kind of look across the board, Amazon probably has the widest range of types of shows that they're making because they've got, you know, now they've, they, oh, that's, we didn't put on the rundown, but they finished the acquisition. Amazon now owns MGM and has their whole backwards catalog oh, and everything. Oh, today? It finished on Tuesday. Okay. Um, Monday or Tuesday, I think. Um so now they've got that. So Amazon's got probably the widest kind of reach because their Amazon Studios can do a lot of different stuff. Uh, and in different parts of the world as well. Like they've got a lot of development studios around the world. Um, but their shit's winning Emmys <laughs> and still performing really well. And they get the money from Prime or they get the money from the sales and all these other kind of things. Um, and they're producing feature-length movies, whereas Netflix tried to do a couple feature-length movies that made it to theater and they all bombed. And Netflix, Amazon's didn't. So yeah, Netflix is doing the same trick. It's that we do the New York, LA release so we can get Oscar consideration. Yeah, for but, the, four but theirs days all bombed, whereas yeah. Amazon's didn't. So there's a there's a quality thing that I think is what we're trying to kind of get to. So Bit Player, MGM. So they have Bond. Yes, yes, they now own the Bond franchise. They own the Rocky franchise. Um, there's a few others that they have. It's a lot, actually now yeah it's actually it is quite a bit uh handmaid's tale fargo stargate rocky legally blonde pink panther um yep. well remember what is. they did with the expanse and making that such a fantastic show imagine yep. bringing back you know not stargate sg well stargate and sg1 and all those kind of things back in the back in the 90s were great shows imagine what they could do with the ips again because i think that's one thing that like amazon and hbo which will be Discovery soon and stuff like that. Like, I think that's one thing that they do really well. And now I picked up Paramount Plus over the weekend because what they are doing with the Star Trek franchise right now is holy cow, top tier. The Q, the first episode of Picard season two, man. I know that you love Q. I love Q. I love Guinan as well. Q. Woo! I love yes. Uh, Give me more of this in my eyeballs, please. So, yeah, Amazon's got it. Um, and actually, uh, so that, that merger being finished is a huge deal Yes, for Amazon. I will be curious to see what they do with those IPs going forward. Uh, the one that I saw from THR is basically this acquisition leaves a lot of questions, which is what the heck is Amazon going to do with it? Probably. Um, I mean, I'm speculating only, but probably a lot. I imagine there was you know, probably they got they got plans. I bet the fact that Prime Video is bundled with Prime, yes, right, and everybody uses bloody Prime, and you the value of Prime is really really high for a lot of people, mm -hmm. and so you just kind of get Prime Video as a as a perk for that. And if Amazon keeps that, up, and because they're so many different companies all in one, Amazon can really capitalize on this. And again, they're in the position like Disney where 
We don't give a crap if we lose money. Well, I mean, that's been the, that's been, Jeff has been on the, when he was CEO, he was on the record many, many times, um, you know, that like, hey, we're okay being misunderstood for a long time. We're going to be right. We're going to be right. Yeah. And you guys are going to catch up eventually. And now you see what the stock price is, which now it's splitting 20 to one uh, yeah. coming up in June or whatever like that. And like, turns out Jeff was right. Like, you know, like be misunderstood for a little while, but you know what? In the long run, it's going to be okay. You're going to um, win. And I think that, yep. I think that the thing that a lot of the, the better streaming services out there, because Disney knows their customer base. Amazon knows their customer base. You know, they produce the shows that their customers want to see, you know? And I don't think Netflix does. No. And so, um, which which makes you wonder if eventually, I mean, Netflix is such a big company, it's going to be hard for them to get bought out. Um, and I don't know if they have anything that anybody wants right now. Um, I could see a Sony kind of thing, maybe. Sony doesn't have the cash. True. I mean, they're, they've got the, they've got money, but they don't have that kind of cash. Um, uh, not with a $36 billion market cap. I mean, you're talking about probably a 1.5 X on that. So 50 billion yeah. cash stock deal. I mean, that's a lot of cash to throw down. Um, and we're going to come back to the subject of mergers later because Mal's got something to run down that I think is actually being affected by a merger. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yep. There's your tease. Stick around. <laughs> Stick around for the fun. Oh, yeah. I want to switch gears. Sony has Crunchy. Yes, and I still need to figure out if I actually want Crunchyroll for all that good anime that y'all been telling me I got to go watch. Um, and and that's great for Sony. And that's like that's a yeah. smart acquisition by Sony. Yep. If they are smart, they will integrate it somehow into the home page of the PS5 um, because it's still killing it on the sales too. So if they figure out some way to make that a, a seamless experience, yes, yes, please. Yeah. Um, switching gears a little bit. Uh, anime to Fortnite because those two ex- things actually do connect rather well these days. Come I to think, think of it, connects to everything because they did like the reveal of Palpatine for episode nine in <sighs> Fortnite of all places. The latest, if you remember. well, and the latest season of uh, Fortnite has Doctor Strange in it as we're getting ready for Multiverse of Madness coming up. Um, and, and then I think uh, I actually saw on Call of Duty they have an Attack on Titan skin for Call of Duty and it looks good. Like it's terrible. It looks terrible because it's not uh, a Titan. It's not this giant thing. It's just like a yeah. dude running around. Anyway, there's a okay. Yeah. Good. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. I was just gonna rail on Call of Duty some more, but yes. Uh, Fortnite took away building. The Which one is huge. thing. <laughs> the one thing that made them different from all other BRs on the planet. They took it away. Now, um. Here's what I'll say. One. And we talked about this a little bit in the pre-show. Good for them for innovating. Okay. The one thing that drove me away from Fortnite. Yes. Right. Aside from getting teabagged by nine-year-olds. <laughs> okay. Aside from that, the thing that drove me away from Fortnite, because I would watch my nephew play. And like, yeah. if you watch some of the pro Fortnite streams or like semi-pro Fortnite streams, holy smokes. Yes. Those people build in a way that like boggles the mind like True. go if you haven't seen it go watch it for like five minutes like a pro Fortnite stream the the, the level of control and building and things like that and it is a huge part of their competitive meta is the ability to build really really fast and it is also a big part of the learning curve and why a lot of people aren't getting into Fortnite because one if you don't know how to until you know how to do it mm-hmm. um you suck <laughs> You are going to get 
crushed until you are good at building. Like, go into tutorial mode and just practice building for freaking three days. Well, and um, it's the... There's a lot of things to it that... So, like, on its surface, uh, Fortnite was an okay shooter at best. Yeah. Uh, the building, the, co the cooperative building aspect of it, which is what I what I paid for to begin with, um, I actually kind of enjoyed. Because, like, we played it with Joe and Lance and some other folks and stuff like that um, way back when it was just that. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, I mean, I just enjoyed it. It had a really, it was fun, it was cartoony, all and those kind of well, things. And here's you know? the thing, you don't need a super high-grade PC to run it at really right. high settings. Yeah. Um, and to run it competitively at the frame rates you need because it's not a big asset hog. Yes. Yeah, they have optimized the hell out of that game. And, uh, and great because if you're, you know, again, if you're an 11, 12-year-old kid and your parents yes. aren't going to buy you a $2,000 gaming rig, you need to work with what you've got and they really optimize it to make sure that those people could still play yes. effectively. And it's got a style of its own, which is really nice. It's mm -hmm. not hyper, you know, it's not hyper realistic or anything like that. It's one of the things I love. Let, let, let me be honest. The king of BR still, to me, is Apex Legends. I understand that COD makes more money, but Apex Legends is the better game out of all the ones available out I there. I agree with that. Um, but Especially since I'm never going to get Titanfall 3. Oh, God. Don't at least it's in the same universe. Yeah. No, it's, at least it's in the same universe. We have a, we have, we have options. We have, we have chances. But, uh... I will say, I think that it's a limited time event that they're taking the building away for. It's part of whatever storyline they're trying to build for this season. Whatever season. But yeah. I, I do kind of think there's some hints that it might just stay around as an option all the time. And because I think that the people, I think, I think Epic understands our Epic representative is not in the show tonight, but our no, Epic. he's not in the chat. He's not in the chat tonight, but, uh. I think Epic understands that there's a group of folks like myself, like Alex, like some of the folks here in the chat that are just like, I'm never going to get the building aspect of this game. And honestly, I don't find the building aspect when I when I was getting okay at the game and I could be competitive on a pretty standard basis. It just got boring to me because it was only building all the time. What they've done in this mode that I really enjoy uh, is that everything is faster. They've added a dash button. They've given they've you added a lot of parkour, very Apex Legends, sprinting, yeah. jumping, and grappling hooks. Yes, huh. which the grappling hook had been in there for a couple seasons, and you know that Fortnite's been one of those things like Legos, where they like they tack on a little bit of everything for every other BR out there. But again, they've created this core mechanic and this core system that runs really optimized and really well. They yep. they can do that, and they can just keep trying and throwing things at, at the window. Um, I don't know if they allow people to do custom games and all that kind of stuff yet, but I would love to see that. Like, I have not because um, they've got Fortnite enough bots running time. around Fortnite nowadays, anyways. That like it might as well be halfway NPCs. Um, that's a separate issue, but like, I don't know. It's an, it's an interesting thought. I I like to see. You know, you were like kudos to them for innovating, and I'm like they innovated by taking away the one thing that made them different than every other game out there. But what it also made them was inaccessible. And for a free-to-play game, especially where your entire revenue stream is based on microtransactions and skins and stuff True. like that, the only way you are going to continue growing your revenue lines is by ensuring you get new players in. Yep. And the fastest way to ensure that you don't get new players 
yeah. is to make sure that when new players come in, they get murked in the first four seconds, <laughs> which is great for all these like, you know, not even like semi-pro, but all these like regular Fortnite players who are just pretty good, dang good. Yes. You know, and it, it helps their KD ratios amazingly, but it does not bring new people into your game, it, period. It, it doesn't. And I will say that for all of the hype of microtransactions, I really like some of the skins in Fortnite. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten a lot of them, but Fortnite I like is free. Them. And again, yeah. with the concept of accessibility, you don't need a crazy gaming rig to yes. run the dang game. It runs on if mobile are, now. If you are 11 or 12, and I remember like when I was that age, you know, like if you've got any console or PC at home, it's bloody free. And that's what really matters. And, and that's it's it's great that epic is continuing with that concept so fortnite uh, runs on consoles right yes it how, runs on all th- how are they building competitively on console before i have no I, again okay. i've i've watched it uh-huh i have seen it but i don't like my 38 year old fingers <laughs> will not do it okay like but but it here's sucks. but here's where but here's where this concept of the no build from Fortnite becomes perfect. So I just was I was looking up Fortnite console and the first thing that comes up is kudos to Xbox too. Xbox has a uh, it's an Xbox Series S, so it's the discless version. Mm-hmm. But it's a Fortnite and Rocket League bundle, two of the most pick up and play games out there right now. Yep. And it comes preloaded with the games with some currency to buy skins and stuff like that, like kudos like that's i mean and if you're not gonna have to build in fortnite anymore it's just run around because that game loads like like just snappy nowadays um well again in this time where it's hard to get a hold of consoles for you know reasonable prices the fact of the matter is is there still an xbox one s one terabyte fortnite battle royale special edition that you can buy right now yeah it is available for purchase I, i i don't know that's a that's the thing that I just think is very interesting about, like, like when you're thinking, you know, and this actually segues to a couple of the other things we were going to talk about, but, like, uh, World of Warcraft is going to announce their mobile version of WoW coming up soon. Um, whatever that mobile version of WoW is, and there's been a lot of talk that they're going to bring World of Warcraft to consoles. Because Final is- Fantasy fourteen is actually optimized for consoles. If there is one thing that I hope the Activision Blizzard the acquisition does and for better or worse and we all know about it because we've heard about all of them how many games that would have been great have Mm -hmm. been left because of activision and blizzard's business decisions to not move forward yes additional starcraft games the the starcraft ghost game all this other stuff and then let's double down on the game that quite frankly at this point Adding it to mobile is not going to add to your customer base significantly. The people who want to play WoW play WoW. They're already playing it. You're I not going to get that many new players by adding it to a mobile platform. And I don't think it's going to be WoW in, in in the traditional sense. I think it's going to be something... is it? Well, we'll find out soon. Um <laughs> Uh, it's, it's the, we are preparing the first game in the Warcraft universe designed for mobile into your hands. We'll tell you more about it in May. 
Um, I, a lot. It's not. It's not Hearthstone because Hearthstone's doing just fine. Nope. Uh, it took its. It took it market share out of Magic: The Gathering Arena, and that's. It is doing fine. Um, and I don't think that. Wow. I don't think that this game is going to be targeted to American audiences either. I think it's going to be more of the China play, where Diablo Good Immortal name. is much better and COD Mobile. Again, this is all they, they they hit it out of the park with the COD mobile game. Like that thing makes gangbusters of money. Um, Diablo Immortal, I think, is coming out, right? The one or is it already out? I think on the that one. Like they've got they've got a strategy here for mobile gaming in other parts of the world that is working uh, for the most part. So they're going to double down on it and they're going to use again what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Blizzard is the master of using their IPs. And to and just milking every little bit out of it, and so you know, kudos, I guess. But like, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting if this Microsoft at this point in time for many reasons. Because I was talking with uh, I was talking with uh, Sir Laugh a lot on Twitter today because I want I've been watching the Race to World first again for the latest patch of of World of Warcraft. I want to play Warcraft again. I miss it. I love that game a lot. This this expansion is terrible. <laughs> From the writing standpoint, I'm pulling my it's hair just, out. It's terrible. But the the ability and, and what we got to, and it's one of the reasons I still play New World, right? Uh, if I log in and there are friends playing a game, I'm going to go play that game. Yes. Um, and uh, com- co- sure. cooperative games like Warcraft, New World, you know, or board games kind of like uh, Pummel Party, as much as I hate it, um, mm-hmm. because I, I just... The game hates me, so I hate mm-hmm. it. Or like yeah. Among Us when that was big and all this kind of, you know, those are games that 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 we can play, you know, and, and not have to worry about it, right? They're social. They've got, you know, some of it's got a little bit of work to it, but it's not too bad. Um, and I think that you know part of what they're going to do with the mobile game is get to the people who can't sit down at a computer like this, and and do and and, and so and this see is that. where I. I the only way I see this working is if it's not, if it's like what you're saying, where it's not traditional WoW. Because whether it's New World or whether it's WoW, the and, and it, it was funny because I remember when Destiny first came out and all the, the shooter people were like, what is this grindy crap? And I yes. was like, oh, this is your first MMO. Yes, welcome to MMOs. Got it. Welcome to grinding. Um, <laughs> guess what? That's what MMOs are, right? New World's the same way. There yeah. is a level in every MMO, and I don't think there's a way around it. Um, if anybody, I think that that you will have the greatest, most successful MMO of all time if you can make an engaging, long play MMO that involves no grind. You, you will win the internet. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, it's just kind of. I mean, it's it's unfortunate. It has to be part of the the formula. Um, I don't know. There's a way around it. Right. And I don't know how, because again, if you are, if you are playing primarily on mobile, yeah, I you're not going to be into it. And again, you're not getting new customers, Blizzard, if you're just converting some of your existing WoW customers to let them like grind for gold and mats while they're sitting on the bus. That's still not a customer. That, well. It's not a customer get, I should say. It, well, it, it can be in some ways. So if you've got raid, you know the thing that the thing that is interesting about WoW, 
that I think that some other games have done okay. Final Fantasy XIV has done fine because WoW basically mm-hmm. sucked this this expansion. Um, that the thing that they've done really really well is that you still have raid night. So if you're a parent and you know that your Friday night is going to be raid night or whatever like that, uh, or Saturday or Thursday, whatever kind of thing, right? You know, our generation we have raid nights where it's like I've always I've always kind of joked that like like the traditional stereotype of like the dads hitting the bar on the way home because they need the, the, you know, a drink or two before they have to go deal with family. That doesn't do anymore. We're, we're already at home or we're on the way home. We're dealing with, you know, work email still on the phone and everything like that. And then by the time everybody's finally asleep, we might get an hour to play a game. Um, you know, and I know a lot of, you know, parents, not just dads. I don't want to single out the, just the, just the dads out there, but, a lot yeah. of gamer parents are like that, right? And so if you think about you've got appointment one night out of the week and you can grind all the other things you need to do just as you would normally be on the bus, you know, doing a podcast or whatever like that. Um, that can be appealing for some of those people that want to prepare. They're not going to be hardcore guilds running Race to World First and all this other kind of stuff. They're just going to do it casually to say that they did it, collect some mounts and some skins and have some fun with it, right? Um, and I think some ways that you could just like do that could be interesting. Um, I don't think that's what it's going to be. That's too easy. They wouldn't, they wouldn't hold a reveal for that. I think it's going to be something way different. A la Pokemon go, but with pets and wow, or something like that. I think it's going to be something really different. That would be, that would be an interesting play to do something like an augmented reality, a la Pokemon go. Um, situation with wow yeah that that is kind of interesting for me yeah i could i could see it i could see it coming along there um for what it's worth the next expansion for wow is supposed to be going to get announced in april 16th so uh after we all stop crying about how much money we've spent and waste or april 19th i'm sorry so after we stop crying about tax season for a second well we can watch uh the latest uh thing from wow um, and go from there. I'm, I am going to pay attention to it. I do want to get back into it. There's been rumblings from some folks, especially around Gamers Heaven, about maybe getting a guild together for Gamers Heaven folks. I think that would be dope as hell. Um, I would try to do it as much as I can because my schedule is crazy. But I think it would be a lot of fun just even to be able to log on. We got people that log on and play New World with us all the time. And then they're on the, like, their second or third tune in New World just to come play and hang out and, and you know, you know, be be in the space with us. You know what I mean? So I think that would be a lot of, you know, I'm putting yeah. that out into the world to try to see if I can like manifest it. You know, uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun. So absolutely. Um, one thing though, that people, we skipped around just a little bit, but one thing that is coming up is new Witcher. Witcher four got announced yesterday. Um, so, very congr- interesting. It is because it's always interesting to see what CD project red's doing. Uh, I like Mallow's notes in the rundown. Uh, Witcher 4 <laughs> is coming. We'll see it uh, somewhere around 2031 <laughs> if they announced it. Okay. Um, you know, it's like... I hate to say it, but... Um, CD Projekt Led, I think, has lost a lot of the goodwill they had. Yes. I think Cyberpunk 2077 really gave them a black eye, like a really bad one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost 
Hell, I'm still waiting I, for them to release Cyberpunk. And not the uh, extended beta that we had. I, I keep waiting for all this DLC they keep telling me about. And literally the second... Here's a... Uh, and on Cyberpunk, like, if you played it on PC and you have a decent... You had a, like... Sorry. If you had a upper, mid-grade, or better rig on PC, it ran. It was fine. Like, you got some of the weird T-bugs, but, but literally nothing worse than you see in an average Bethesda game. Right. Um, that being said... It's still from a content perspective, like I'm waiting for all the other crap that they promised and have seen all of, oh, none of it. Yes. Like none of it. <laughs> Not a bit. Um, and it's been over a year. Uh, again, when they were, when they announced Cyberpunk 2077, which I think was 2013, um, yes. if memory serves, they were like, it will release when it's ready. And they didn't release it when it was ready because it wasn't ready. Oh, chat says 2012. Uh, 2012. 2012. Yeah. Uh, which is even worse. Uh, you know, it took them what nine years, eight years yeah. to release it. Um, I and mean, then, honestly, and then she, when it did release, it was like half the features aren't there. Why? It, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna dive into this because we do the thing is like it relates to The Witcher. It relates I mean, to it relates to The Witcher, and it actually relates to World of Warcraft as well too. So we can kind of bridge these two things together. Um, there are so many plot hooks in cyberpunk that i would rather do than the main story that they just abandoned oh yeah there's like, one in particular that sticks out to me that still frustrates the crap out of me and you can tell that they just didn't finish it so if you want to play cyberpunk in the future maybe pause us for a bit and come back because we're going to talk spoilers because i've got a couple and alex has got now, a couple probably but we're, it, but, we're a year past. There's okay. no spoilers. All right, no point. spoiler alert then. Fine. Keep listening. <laughs> For me, it's the brain dance thing. You did that one time as part of the show. Well, you do, I think, three total brain dances throughout the whole main I quest I did one. Line. No, I did one in the main quest, and that was oh, the one so that they teach you how to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two more that I remember doing that help with certain aspects of the game. Mm -hmm. Um but yes, but it's not, not integral. very much like no. it, it, the, the problem that I have and obviously I love the concept of, you know, clearly from our game, I love the concept of you got the big walled city and you mm -hmm. leave the city and you go out to the wastes and then there's nomads out in the waste that are doing all these kind of cool things and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like I love the, the ambiance and the world setup of cyberpunk. It's nice. a pretty game. There's a lot it, of really pretty, like, variants. Very, very pretty game. Um, I would have loved to have seen something else besides Night City. Because it did feel... because, And where it breaks immersion for me is... Uh, when you go out to Nomads and you... Mm -hmm. There's there's one ending where you end up with the Nomads. That's not really a spoiler. Um, oh. and you go to leave and you're going through like a, basically like a tunnel and kind of get out and around and stuff like that. Like it, you very much feel like, unlike say GTA five, mm -hmm. that is quite literally on an Island basically as part of California, you know, um, like you feel like you're on an Island that is in a simulation in, in night city in that version of the game because of how they've structured everything. Um, and so, like, when you can't continue certain really cool aspects of the game, like the brain dance, why you say there were three, 
why wasn't there like 20? Like, why isn't that a whole side quest that you could be a, P, uh, a private detective? Because I don't know why you're working for the police if you're if you're so a that that actually fringer. brings me to to the, to one of the things punk, I guess that they call it that drove me nuts about it, and it was very GTA of them. Um, in the original Cyberpunk 2020 um, tabletop RPG, which is what it's based on, is the tabletop RPG. For those that don't know, um, not a 50th copy of 2020 core. <laughs> um, the chat's already talking about 2020. Being one of the main classes that you can be in that is a reporter. Yes. Right. I would have replaced every single one of the cop missions because this is a cyberpunk game. You should not be being a cop. Right. Yeah. And I would have been like, here's your like stupid little like nothing side quest as opposed to just a shootout with a random bounty. Go to this location and get evidence that this guy's cheating on his wife. Yes. Yep. Politician. Go here and catch this rocker boy doing drugs because he had a very public going to rehab thing. Replace all of those missions with ones where you're just going somewhere to take a picture, yep. right? Or gather evidence or hack something. That would have been a much cooler use of those assets than what they did, which was a a a thing. The other thing is, is on the claustrophobic thing, I see your point. I think part of that is the structure of the game because it's cyberpunk, so it's supposed to feel claustrophobic because, and I double checked it, the the G, the Cyberpunk 2077 map mm -hmm. is way bigger than the GTA 5 map. Oh no no no! It's not that it feels claustrophobic. It feels that you are in the middle of a simulation, and that when you head out uh, to the desert, it's just you're you've you know how you used to clip through back yeah. in the old Nintendo 64 yeah. and SES games, and you're just like, well, well here's just the plane that you know here's the 3D nothing. plane there. That's what it feels yeah. like. There's like yeah, and I think. I yeah. think there's a lot of cut content. I think it's a lot of the DLC would be my guess. Um, the other thing is there are storylines. There's one in particular. It's a, it's a, it's like a four or five mission side quest that you can do. You don't have to, and it's completely disconnected from the main storyline. And there's this mayoral candidate, and there's some stuff going on, and there's a secret cabal, and and you literally go through like five missions of this quest, and you do this big car chase, and then it just fucking stops, and yes. you could tell you were like, something's weird about this ending, yeah, where it feels like this is my, and I say this as a writer because I've done this, this is my cop out ending, this is my, I need to end this because we don't really have time to finish this, yeah. so. Here's a way that will bring it to a close. Okay, maybe not great, and it works. Yeah. You know, um, so them only doing Night City doesn't surprise me. If they were going to do Cyberpunk 2, uh, there was a cool Euro expansion for Cyberpunk 2020 where, like, they, you know, where you go to Germany and yeah. you are part of the security team for a touring band. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, that's a cool thing. I think that the the Rocker Boy secrets where where you play with with Johnny Silverhand's old band, I would like to see that as a side quest. Yeah. Do that as a completely series like and all you need is like 15. Do like 15 concerts, right? Start in a rinky dinky ass club and based on how well you do your QTEs, you attract fans. And then maybe you have to do something to do some, you know, yeah. guerrilla marketing. And then you do another show and you do another show and you do another show. So do that do that show 15 times yeah right that would have been a fun way to differentiate it from that that's why cyberpunk 2077 again putting the technical issues aside because you can get around them and actually from what i understand now 
if you're on PS5, Xbox Series X, or PC, they're pretty much fixed. Like, you can go in now and, and yeah. it plays. Um, technical issues aside, it's a 7 out of 10 game. Yeah, it's it's probably a six in my book when it comes to it because, and, and, and I part might of it, give it a six too. There's some no, other fine. issues that I don't love. Yeah, it's fine. You could a seven. A seven is a, is a totally fine one to be given it to. I think it's the for me a year on into this game, and I reinstalled it the other day. I haven't had a chance to go back in and make a new game plus kind of feel to it because uh, there's several things that have changed about the game, um, and I'd like to just. There are entire parts of that city because I played through the main story campaign a certain way that I just didn't see. And knowing how it ends and knowing what the endings are, there's no need for me to play the rest of the game. And where I think that CD Projekt Red kind of messed up where GTA <laughs> 5 does a really good job, as much as you want to blast them about putting out the same damn sandbox for so long, is when I saw that game, I saw an open world sandbox that I could go and play in. Mm -hmm. But which what, you can't do with Cyberpunk. Which you can't do with Cyberpunk. And I and I think that used to be you know, that's that's where it messed where it lost me because it then interjected because until mm -hmm. they until they told us what the the Johnny Silverhand like until you experience that quest line, you don't know why he's there. He's just there. Cool. And and so that's that to me you're right. And that's what, what and again, if I sat down and thought about it, might take it down to a six. Is that I don't know how they do DLC. Yeah. Because the 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 five endings that there are are all pretty fucking definitive. Yeah. Right? And pretty terrible. And if you, <laughs> and if you finish them, if you finish them, the game kicks you out right back in time, literally in time, to right before the final quest begins. Correct. Right? The final story quest, it's like, okay, uh, if you want to go do other stuff now, you can go do other stuff and you can play in the open world, but the minute you, but you're back at this point where you can try yeah. it again. Um, and try for a different ending, uh, which you still can't really do because there's certain things about the ending that get locked out like 10 minutes into the goddamn game. Um, That's true. And you don't know that when you first play it. Um, uh, all that to say is I don't really care about the next Witcher. <laughs> yeah, that too. Is, first off, the Witcher was fine, but it's it's Tolkien-esque fantasy, and I've never been. I don't like the game. I've tried to play The Witcher Three that everybody it's considers a grind, a dude. Yeah, but it's I've tried grind. to play it so many times, and I just can't do it. It's and, a grind, and and yeah, and it's a grind on a level that like even parts of Cyberpunk was kind of a grind, mm -hmm. but at least you're driving around a city, and it and and you know fair fair to them, they made the city interesting. And it, it was fun to drive around. And it was and fun like to drive around. Exactly. You don't get that. I listened to the radio, the talk radio. Yeah. I love listening to both GTA and that. They did a really good job with the talk radio with all yeah. the conspiracy theories and crazy shit. So, so. I, and I don't like the lore. I mean, it's, they're kind of hinting that it's going to be a very Siri-esque kind of thing. And that's another one. And, and I, I was reading about it earlier today because I didn't play through all the way, obviously, through Witcher 3. But there are three different endings to The Witcher, and all of them are very definitive. So I guess points to CD Projekt Red for actually ending a story because I hate it when when stories don't end and they don't have like yeah. a thing. It does make a little bit of a problem if you're going to try to bring back certain characters, though. <laughs> and, and so that also brings you to the, you know what? It's okay to move on to a new franchise. Yes. Like, there's so much fear about starting a new franchise, and I understand why from both a business and a story perspective that is. But Jesus Christ, people. Yeah. Like, let's do something new. 
Well, speaking of, I was gonna say, do you want to do, do, do the last one? <laughs> thing of things that aren't new. Yeah, EA Sports PGA Tour that they release every couple of years. No, uh, isn't inaccurate. Oh, is this a new one. This is new. They haven't actually had the PGA Tour line. The last ones that had came uh, out have been well, a while, and that's so, why this is actually newsworthy. It's been it's been delayed to yep. 2023 yep around the time of the masters um which is in uh april oh you're right since 2015 was the last one yep and that was followed the one that followed tiger woods pga tour 14. yep um now you've got some theories about this yes about why now do you want to talk about the other delay or well, it's the Suicide Squad. First? Well, yeah, no, the other delay is Suicide Squad, uh, which is the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Yeah. It was supposed to come out this year. It's which now looks being... really neat. It looks funny. And, I kind of want to play it. Well, and it's it's got kind of a cooperative kind of feel to it and stuff. Like, yeah. I think that could be fun. I think that could be a lot of fun. Um, I think what we're seeing, even out of the EAs and stuff of the world, and this is why I'm bringing it back to the to the Blizzard announcement because Blizzard basically chunked the deuces on this current World of Warcraft patch and is basically rushing headlong into 10.0, which is their tenth expansion for the for the uh, thing. They're trying to keep pace with Final Fantasy, and honestly, I think their developers, I think EA's developers here. The Suicide Squad developers, I think you're going to, I think we're hitting like peak burnout now from COVID. And I think you're starting to see like, you know, these student, these, these studios that are making these games, like you have to be in studio for the most part because you so, can do certain things from home, but it's just not the same. If, especially if you're like a 3D or an environmental artist that needs all these like. Or a writer. You can have writer rooms virtually. I've done it for I, two years. I still, I still think it's harder. It depends on how you like to work, and, and that's that's the problem that I think a lot of these studios and tech companies are coming into. And and I mean, in the notes that I have it here is you know Apple even is even trying to kind of like nudge it in that way because they just released the new Mac Studio, which mm -hmm. spec wise, by the way, dis despite oh, the price, I actually is pretty fucking good. I saw it the other day and Jess was like, no, no buying that. I was like, but I miss my Mac. Because uh, I have a Mac, my Mac yeah. right behind me. In fact, when Mallow first met me, I was almost exclusively on Mac. I had both. Good man. I, all of my creative <laughs> stuff was on my Mac. I will I say all creative on Mac. I will say if you want to do creative stuff and you don't want to pop for the Mac studio, I will say I have the Mac mini with that M1 chip in it. And mm -hmm. it everything it's that 700 bucks. Uh, a little bit more than that if you want to dime out a couple of the the RAM and stuff like that, but yeah. it's worth the upgrade. Um, I would love the Mac Studio, but that's just because of how many different creative things I already do. Uh, but I have no qualms with the the Mac the Mac Mini that I have. I mean, most of it is doing you know the editing and you know Photoshop yeah. and and music and stuff so like that on it, but it's fantastic. So Apple's pushing back. A lot of companies are pushing to come back to Studio. I mean, just in general, come back. And there's a reason. Now you've got a note in here. Do you think that's coming? So what what is your feeling? And I'm curious to know your opinion upon this. And actually, chat, I would love to know y'all's opinion on this really bad. Um, one, do you think that the pressure is is ramping up more quickly to bring people back to offices? And two, 
do you think that ultimately they're going to succeed in getting everybody back? Let us know in the chat. I will say... What's your thoughts, Mello? My thoughts is uh, for the remainder of 2022, assuming, which is the second thing I have on this, assuming that COVID is in the decline that they hope it is, which Mm -hmm. unfortunately, with talking with friends at the CDC and the World Health Organization, is exactly as as planned. It is going to ramp right back up. Uh, because everybody is relaxed mass mandates and those sort of things, and it's never gone away completely. Um, the question will be what version of the variant and severity and all that kind of stuff is. And will it be enough to, to drive everybody back out? Exactly. Right. Um, and so, uh, so I think the rest of 2022, you're going to see the most like twister esque. Uh, hybrid work environment thing that they're going to do. And then I think that Mm -hmm. corporations, unless things change, are going to try to track down or or crack down on it on 2023. At least some of the bigger ones. The ones that do figure out hybrid work are going to cash in big and get rid of giant skyscrapers and stop paying to bring people to the office and stuff like that. Um, Because I think they figured out the hybrid work environment very well. So I'm going to push back on that just a smidge. And by that, I mean this, and this is, I agree that I think we're going to see a hybrid thing. And I think you're going to see them cut back. Um, what I am seeing, and I've talked to a few people about this. Uh, I have seen a massive amount of political pressure. And by that, I mean the mayor of New York and New York, again, not like a, this, we're not talking about Ron DeSantis, who was like, everybody get back to work. Masks don't work, right? <laughs> we're talking about New York City, okay? Which are not run by leftists by any stretch of the imagination, but nor are they run by crazy, wacko conservatives. So keep that in mind. But here's the thing, and this was the point that the mayor of New York brought up. There is X number of jobs down on Wall Street that are not finance jobs, right? They are jobs working at coffee shops and restaurants and bars and dry cleaners and things like that that went away during the pandemic because nobody was in those areas. And those are jobs that are held by largely marginalized groups and people who are not well off. White collar workers were able to immediately shift to work from home, you know, and basically from a financial standpoint, and I'll be the first one to admit, like, we were, I was very fortunate. The, the pandemic did not affect me financially. One iota. Because my wife and I were both, at the time of the start of the pandemic, through most of it, were white-collar workers who just started working from home. That's probably spending less money because I wasn't buying gas. And mm. I wasn't eating lunch at the cafe in the bottom of the tower that I worked in every day. But the people who work in those cafes didn't have jobs anymore. Um, and so the mayor of New York is pressuring Wall Street and these companies to like get get your butts back to the office. We need these businesses to come back to sustain the vibrant level of economy that we have. Um, so that's what I think will push companies actually more so than the the jokes about boomers just wanting people back in the office. <laughs> I think it's going to be the political pressure of we need these jobs. We need these other supporting jobs that exist around urban cores. Because for anybody who hasn't been down there, and I know Mallow knows this, but I'll tell everybody else, like around Amazon's area of Seattle, there is fucking probably 12 Starbucks. 
Eight? <laughs> Four? Maybe. Okay. And then how many, because I know I've been to a few of these bars with Amazon people. How many bars, how many restaurants, how many cafes, how many blank, 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 that are all on that ground floor that just really haven't been doing anything for two years? Uh, they, well, <laughs> when Seattle opened back up, they were just fine because they had a lot of outdoor seating. Yeah. That's the thing. They, 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 for the most part, other than, um, uh, what fucking chef was it that got into a tussle with the building that he was in and basically shut down all of his restaurants in the, in the Seattle quarter. Uh, it was the James Beard guy. He shut them all down and then they've all been replaced by Ethan Stoll restaurants and stuff, which mm -hmm. were last time I was down in Seattle was about a month or two ago and they were packed to the gills. Uh, because right. Amazon, or not not with Amazon folks, but with just people, like yeah, because all you had to do was show you know uh, the vaccination card and you come right in, um, right. And now, so we're also in an area where vaccinations are pretty high. Yes, high enough, and most <laughs> high enough. They've been pretty high in King County and Snohomish County for a while. Yeah, and people generally were heavily masked and you know. I think whenever you went out, the, the thing that I, the thing that I want to look at though, um, because New York city can't be the, the poster child for all of it because you got just as much in LA, uh, and other more, I would say actually more developed cities. Uh, and I would lump Seattle into that, into a lot of ways where like, they're not building up because they can't, they have to build both out and medium size up with a lot of these kind of things. And I think you're getting to a point where you're going to find that the urban cores are no longer going to be the cores anymore. And you're going to have uh, sort of suburban webs. So you think you're going to see more like what we're seeing develop in the Linwood area where we have the five and ones going up at the mall, literally at the mall and across the street from the mall where you have these smaller cores popping up everywhere. I, I think, I mean, if I'm to, if I'm to predict the future, I think you're going to have these smaller cores popping up and mm -hmm. you're going to get more, I mean, and this is a big hope for the environmental kind of side of it too, is that you're going to get more mass transit that gets you, you know, urban core to urban core kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Where you can get, you know, from from a Linwood to Seattle kind of thing without having yeah. to get in the car. And I think yeah. you're going to find like more of these where it's like Redmond too. Like Redmond's a very walkable place and they're trying to send the, the, the light rail out there. Or mm -hmm. you get to places like Chicago where the subway lines run all the time and you can get to from one side of the city to the other. You know, it might take you an hour by, by train, but you can get there, you know. Um... And I think that's going to be what's happening versus like the worry about people commuting because I still go to my local coffee shop almost every other day. Yeah. You know? So do you think, do you think the studios are going to push for just the creative side of it or? I think you're going to stop gonna having massive giant studio spaces and they're going to be like, okay, here's our little studio in Austin. Here's our little studio, you know, cause if you look at the Microsoft's of the world and you look at like Amazon's and Salesforce and all these other ones, like, they got a lot of buildings in a lot of parts of the oh, world. Oh, yeah. Um, but they're not massive. Like, the, like Amazon, yes, has HQ2 that they've been building and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, I forgot about HQ2. God damn, I yeah, forgot about well, HQ2. Well, it was announced. I don't know how much how far it is any, either, but, like, you know, there's a lot of those kind of things. Like, they make some, like, some big kind of, you know, and Apple did the, the circle thing in, in, um, in San Francisco and stuff like that, but, like, 
Apple's also in every. I mean, Apple's got a building down the street from from Amazon. Like yeah. Every because they're all so going to start. Google. Yeah. Right. And the, well, yeah. and Google's right across the street, actually. Um, so they're gonna, you know, they're gonna start. They're competing for talent, not location, because you know, WebExes of the world and Zooms of the world and and all the other things are starting to prove out that like. You know, for the past two years, technology, besides the silicon shortage, hasn't really slowed down in terms of putting out products. The iPhone no. still gets out there. All the new Macs still got out there. Like, it can be yeah. done. Um, but I think you're going to start to see a lot more of a hybrid work environment, and it's going to start to trickle down, which what it does in a lot of different places, where, like, New York is is a, is a it's its own micro econom- e- economy or macro, depending on how big you want to, like, think of New York. But, like... That place exists almost literally on another planet <laughs> in the way it works. Whereas all the other cities have different problems that they have to solve. And I think that's actually going to be the hotbed for how yeah. cities build up more in the future versus I, I, what the traditional I'm, New York has been. I'm super curious to see. And, and some of the chat has been that people have been nickel and dime to death and that the vast majority of people won't have the cash to hold out to force change to that hybrid or remote model. Um, but then again, you go back to what Mallow just said about them competing for talent and people being like, screw you, I don't want to go back to the office and I will look for a job where they're just going to let me be remote as part of the conditions of the employment. Um, <clears throat> I think you're going to have enough... I'm going to think you're going to have enough companies... Because cost of living is going to be very different depending on where it is in the world. And you think you don't have enough companies that are going to allow that. They're, they're going to have to figure it out. Yeah. And there are some issues with some medium-sized companies. And, and we can talk about that another time because I actually saw some stuff about, about that. Because they're running into issues where people moved out of state yes. and didn't tell anybody during the thing. And people, like the employees, don't realize how big of a deal that is. Yes. Uh for the employer, especially if they're not like an Amazon and they're not set up in every state's Department of Revenue, um, because Amazon has employees in every state um, already. So that's that. Now, to bring it back to our delays, I'm not convinced the Suicide Squad one, in spite of what they're saying, mm-hmm. has anything to do with development. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but Warner Brothers just delayed everything. There has been some scuttlebutt, right? Because literally, I think three weeks ago, uh-huh. they released this big sizzle reel. Coming this year, Black Adam, The Flash, boop, 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 yes. boop, right? Five days later, five days after they released that sizzle reel. Never mind, all this stuff's going to come out mid-2023. And yeah. there was a bunch of articles going, either the executives at Warner Brothers are the dumbest people on the planet, <laughs> right? And we're like, oh shit, did we release that? Whoopsie. Or, or they knew dang good and well, but they couldn't say anything and they, they weren't going to do it. So they were like, screw it, we got it ready. Send it out there. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, they're like, uh, COVID graphical effects delayed. Yes, that's why. <laughs> That Flash movie's been delayed for three years. It's been done filming with principal filming since before the pandemic. Yes. You cannot. I'm sorry. I'm, nope. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. That what? thing's not being delayed by graphical issues if it's been done for two years. 
Well, and Warner Brothers is part of Warner Media. They're being, they're being bought out right now, and Rocksteady, which is the company that makes Suicide Squad, uh-huh. Rocksteady Games, is wholly owned by Warner Brothers. Right. They're an in-house studio. And, and so, Warner Brothers is also in the middle of a merger right now. Now, legally speaking... Well, hold on now. They're, I thought they were already bought out by AT&T. Or are they no, going so, to... They're going to Discovery Plus. Discovery. Okay, Discovery so this is, is part of the whole War- thing that's going right. over to Discovery. Okay, cool. Discovery is buying Warner Brothers from AT&T. AT&T is like, we're done with Warner Brothers. Discovery's like, oh, we'll take them. Now, legally speaking, the incoming executives at Discovery are not supposed to have any say about anything going right. on at Warner Brothers. That's what it says. But it's one of the worst kept secrets in, in legality and in business that, <laughs> you know... <laughs> If they're at launch and yeah. the CEO discovers, like, you know, what would be really great, what would be awesome is we're projecting the mergers done late 2022. Yeah. If we could come out the gate with the Flash and Aquaman 2 and Black Adam, especially since the Batman just did so well. Yes. That would be awesome. Just saying. <laughs> It would be really cool if that happened. Not telling you, just saying. Yeah. Across the board, Warner Brothers is like, and the stuff they moved in, and it was weird mm-hmm. because the thing they moved forward was Shazam. Yeah. Which is, and everybody didn't went, wrap up principal photography yet, has it? Right. No, it, it's 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 wrapped up principal oh, did it? photography, okay. but. Now you move that forward to December when it was supposed to be a summer movie? Right. Hmm. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, you put it opposite Avatar. Well, yeah. Okay. You moved it from June 2023 to December 2022 and put it on the same weekend as Avatar? Yeah. And so that basically got a bunch of people's hackles up. This Suicide Squad... I mean, it could legit just be we're having technical issues and we don't want to release it yet because we don't look like idiots. But there is too much crap being moved around at Warner Brothers in the middle of this merger. Yeah. That, like, again, it's it's got people, there's articles being written about it, like... Oh, yeah, Avatar 2 is still very much a thing, chat. Yes, Avatar uh, 2 is still I, I wish it wasn't, because the first one was terrible. 2 is coming out this December. I like, know, it's, and I... It's basically done. Yeah. Um, and everybody's still expecting. I mean, Avatar's still going to be a billion dollar movie. I mean, uh, we may not have loved it. It's going to be a billion dollar movie. It's going to happen. No, like just it's just, why Titanic should have never happened. Accept it. No, right. I'm going to hop my rocket to the moon now. Um, uh, and yes, exactly. And here's the thing: AT and T doesn't care. Right. No, because they're losing money on it anyways, no matter what. Make them look bad and make Discovery look like saviors with better releases. Yes, that's exactly it. And AT&T does not care because it doesn't affect them anymore. And so if you're just juicing along and making the Discovery executives happy by, eh, we can delay this, it's fine. We don't really care. Right? Does it shock me? So again, when I hear Warner Brothers is going, this game that we've been working on for four years and we told you was coming this year, like a week ago, yeah, is delayed. I once again go, is it, is it delayed because you're saying this, or is it delayed because you just 
Well, you're waiting. And and for the record, um, this puts the so Rocksteady was the creator of the Arkham series. The and I want to play that Arkham Knights game. That looks badass. Yeah, and so I think it's one of those things like um, that was eight years ago when Batman Arkham Knight came out. Like that's what Rocksteady's been working on for eight years. Yes. Oh, yeah. sorry. Gotham Knights, the new one that they're coming out with, which is like the sequel or some weird thing where Batman dies. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Gotham Knights. Yeah, because um, you get to play as like Nightwing and Red Hood and Batgirl, yeah. and that it just looks like fun to me. Yeah, I can't. I can't like. I really like Nightwing and Red Hood. Yeah, I, I think I don't know. There's just a lot that's gonna be in that game, and I just want to. But as Mallow pointed out, they've been working on this for eight years. Yeah, and who is making and, uh, who's making this one? I guess same developer. No, it's Warner Brothers Montreal. Oh, Warner Brothers Montreal. Interesting. That'll be interesting. The last Warner Brothers, like, full-on Warner Brothers game was one of the Lord of the Rings series. And it was Probably. so buggy that it was unplayable, I think I remember. Yeah. It was one of that. It was that in one of the Batman games. It was so bad that, like, Again, they had to get refunds and stuff. We're, we're back in this merger thing. In fact, John Oliver had a really funny joke. Because in case you didn't know... One of John Oliver's favorite things to do, being on HBO and an employee of Warner Brothers, is to talk crap about AT&T. He calls yeah. them his business daddies. <laughs> right? And so he will literally talk smack about AT&T, and he's done it for years. He's like, yeah. that's right, business daddy. I'm telling you to screw up. Right? <laughs> and so... This week on last week tonight, he was like, hey, by the way, business daddies, if you thought this was going to get better before the merger was closed, think again. It's yeah. about to get so much worse. Right? Um, yeah. I mean, AT&T doesn't give a crap. They do not care. They're making so much money off this Warner Brothers deal that they're like, yeah, you can have them. We don't care. <laughs> it's like that Stephen A. Smith, like that little soundbite. We don't care. <laughs> we don't care. Speaking of people I don't like to listen to, I respect I the man. I respect <laughs> I the man. I respect the man's ability to look at sports, but um, God, I hate <laughs> he, watching him trying to do his, stuff. The way he he is a character. He's absolutely I mean, we all know he's playing the character, and I I the way he's built his brand is really fun to me. I like the character he plays yeah. on ESPN. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan, but that's that's just me. <laughs> um, he's better I'd, than Skip Bayless. Oh God, yes. Leagues, <laughs> leagues above that. No, I could actually carry on a conversation with Stephen A. Smith if I was in, like, if it was, if this was like, you know, back in the day and I was in the press box, you know, at a, you know, bowl game or an NFL game or whatever like that. I can have a conversation with Stephen A. Smith and feel good about, you know, the conversation that I'm having with him. I don't think I can uh, do that with Skip Bayless. Speaking of which, uh, our bro, Stephen A. Smith is one of the, the big time anchors on ESPN. He's been he, a fixture yeah. on First Take, which is one of their their morning shows. It's one of their highest rated shows. He's been there for God. He's a, he's 12, been a columnist. Yeah, he's been a columnist for a long, long time in a sports in a sports columnist and stuff. And so, uh, but he got he this he got this loud, very loud. Where he gonna talk about all this stuff? Why, why, why the Chiefs gonna, why the Chiefs trading to Tyreek Hill? This is stupid. He just yelled the whole time. Where SNL, like, like, where they, where SNL sent him up, and one of the SNL guys was playing him, and he was like, (laughs) because he will talk like he will act like he's talking. He's like, LeBron, 
Yeah. In the seventh game of the NBA championship. And they, they do a good set of a Stephen A. Because he will like act like he's talking to LeBron James or one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, on the show. And it's very funny. I, I um, will say one of the things I do like about when Stephen A. Smith is in character is when he hates on the Cowboys. When he oh, puts yeah. on that Cowboys hat and everything like that. Yes. My uh, man. I love to it. To the chat. My favorite thing about Bayless is watching Shannon Sharp tear him apart. I agree. Ooh, I really like yes. Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Shannon Sharp is a, is a sharp guy. I actually really like his commentary. I do too. Um, I've, I've been watching them argue this week about whether Baker Mayfield was going to come to Seattle. And the last thing on sports news that I'll leave you with is, sadly, a literally an institution in the sports writing community passed away last week. Yes. Um, and that was John Clayton, the professor. The professor. Uh, and he uh, he passed away last week. Um, and, just, and he was a local Seattle guy around here. He's been in the Seattle area since the mid-80s. He's originally from Pittsburgh, but he's been in the Seattle area since the mid-80s. And even when he went to work for ESPN, he didn't move to Bristol. He stayed no, in he Seattle. he stayed in Seattle. And <laughs> he is a... He and... Um, oh, I'm blanking on the other guy's name, but... They are staples of preseason football still in Seattle, or or yes. John Clayton was at least. Like he would be yes. doing up until even this year. He was until doing he died. Until he died. <laughs> he was doing sideline reporting for the Seattle Seahawks. And it was yes. just you know, I actually uh, met John Clayton a long time ago. Um, really nice guy. And uh, everybody, yeah, everybody yeah. Loved put it this way. The commissioner of the NFL released a statement. Like yeah. the NFL itself was like John Clayton died. Holy crap. Yes. We have lost a legend. We uh, really he, was a hall, he was a pro football Hall of Fame writer. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, about 15 years ago. Um, yeah. And his segments on, on 710 ESPN in Seattle were great. He worked for ESPN. He had a great Sports Center commercial where he's wearing the Slayer t shirt and he's got like a ponytail. He, he, this guy's like an old guy. Like he's this mousy old dude. Yeah. Right? That kind of looks like Benjamin Button. And then all of a sudden he like takes out his ponytail like Slayer, and he's wearing a Slayer shirt, kicks on the metal. And like it was a big joke. It was a send up because the guy's in his 70s. And, yeah. And. You know, but it was one of the best Sports Center commercials ever. Was hey ma, I'm done with my segment. Yeah, <laughs> and he's eating old Chinese food. Um, <sighs> yes, you forget some weird else in sports guys too. Look, there's a lot of nerdy aspects to sports. There's a lot of of like math, and there's a lot of like oh yeah like strategy and business and stuff. So yes, do I still do I love sports too? I absolutely do. Yeah. Um, I was I was a sports writer for nearly twenty years. I've actually seen because actually uh, the, the 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 first article that Mallow wrote is framed on his wall in his office. I've read it, yep. and it's a sports article. Yep, it is. Don't do the math on when I started sports writing and earning for a living. Just don't do the math on that. But yes. See, look, bit players got it. Costumes, hero names, good versus the other team. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, that's basically what it boils. I, I do want to say I was doing the Stephen A. Smith impression just now, but I actually brought up something timely. Why did the Chiefs trade? Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins no, for draft look, picks. Look, no one knows. Welcome to the okay. sports. Welcome to sports uh, talk. Uh, but like, what? You, want to, you want to do the last ten minutes on sports talk radio? Because okay, because no, all right, everybody's like, lost their minds this week. Look, yeah, look. They, the the Falcons gave up Matt Ryan for a third rounder. Yeah, but which that's, I can, that's I all. Can he, only, that's not. No, that's he all he's was, worth. He was worth a f at one second rounder. He's worth a second. Have you rounder. seen him play the past two seasons? Come on, yeah. Now. His statistics are fine. 
He still hits more than 65% of his passes. Yeah, but right? he's got no other... Like, all right. I, what what predicated all of this stuff, right, was... I think they were just trying to do him a solid to give him, like, a clean, like, start. I figured the Falcons were just doing him a favor because he's been a good, a loyal soldier for a long time. He, he really has been for a long time, and I think the guy should just retire um, because I think he's done his... I think... He's gonna be a Marino kind of guy because I don't think he's the one that he doesn't. I don't think he's got a Super Bowl ring. Um, he does not. He, remember he 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 almost won it. <laughs> they were up twenty eight to three, um, but he didn't have a defense and he had Tom uh, Brady. Yeah, I remember uh, actually. I touched down in Hawaii to watch the end of that game and it was like one in the afternoon, and so I got to the hotel and I turned it on and I was thinking the game was over. Because I, I looked at the phone when I arrived to the airport before I picking up my car and everything like that. And I saw the score and I was like, the ATL is going to be hopping tonight. And then nope. I got to the and I watched the comeback of the century. Like it really was insane. Uh, what, what I was going to say to start what, what predicated all of this, this crazy trade stuff is Deshaun Watson went to the Browns, which yes. So and yeah. here's the thing. Deshaun Watson is now the highest paid player in the NFL, which is wrong on two levels. Yeah. Right? The the base level that we don't have to, there's no, con- there shouldn't be any controversy about is this. He's not the best quarterback in the NFL. Period. Not even you gave him a $230 million, all guaranteed. All guaranteed. All guaranteed contract for five years. Yep. Right? And four years ago, you drafted Baker Mayfield number one. Okay. And Baker so, had a bad year last year, but come and, on, give the boy a chance. And Baker still got a year left on his contract. Hey, uh, technically, pop quiz, uh, uh, pop quiz, Alex. What does Baker Mayfield not have that Deshaun Watson does? Oh, uh, multiple sexual assault violations. Twenty-two civil sexual assault charges still fucking pending. So let's start with that, too. Now, the, the presumption is, and here's the thing. You can see it in the contract. The Cleveland Browns know that Deshaun Watson's about to be suspended. Yes. Because his first year salary of his five-year contract is $1 million. Years two, three, four, and five are $46 million each. They know good and well that the NFL, here in very short order before the season starts, is going to suspend him anywhere from four to eight games. Yeah. It's just going to happen. Like I think that he should be forced to sit out the entire season, if not longer. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel I, Elliott got six games for one alleged role of domestic violence. Yep, one count. He got six. Here's games. the thing. Let's let's talk about this. Six games for that. Tom Brady got four games for deflating footballs. Yeah, four games for deflating footballs. But hey, if you commit sexual assault, we'll give you six. Yeah. Okay, um, so let's 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 ramp it up there because let's let's do a little better NFL. Yeah, and, I and think since we're at seventeen games, I think it should be a minimum of nine, right? Because I, that's over half the season. I I think it should be I think it should be literally that and the a chat the chat's got it right. The NFL will suspend a player for a year for smoking weed. Yeah, but max play must max pay players under investigation for serious assault and domestic violence. Yeah, um, it's the biggest problem the NFL has. Is their inability to punish their star players, and it doesn't. Um, it doesn't look good from a PR perspective if you're trying to attract new fans, especially that, 
female fans, which is what the NFL wants. It's it's exactly what the NFL wants. It, it, well, and it's the long-standing kind of thing, and it's coming up because we're going to come up on Pride Month again here too, where every company's going to yep. change their logo to a rainbow. But like, yep, it's the it's the long-running thing that you know the NFL cares about women during you know uh, breast, breast cancer, cancer awareness month. month you know, yep. and and then whatever else to the kind of thing of it, and it's just the. It's- and, and what dumb. it's done is it's it's $230 million. It's guaranteed money. So now the floor has technically been raised for yep. people that are much better ever, than Deshaun Watson. Good on and, them, I guess. But, but you know. the problem is, is that it shouldn't have been Deshaun doing it. No. Um, so, and I just, I can't seem to understand. And, and I love it because I get to hate on him because he's from Clemson. And I hate Clemson University. Um Go go University of South Carolina, um, all day. But like, he wasn't the best quarterback even in Houston, and he had Jadavian Clowney, big ups to USC again, on his team. He had JJ Watt, like he had all these people on defense. He had all these weapons on no, offense, no, no. and he still like, wasn't the best quarterback. I like Deshaun. Right when I, I was watching him in Houston, <laughs> when I was watching Houston, he's an exciting player to watch. Um, I just don't think he should be in the league right now. Um, the Packers let Devontae Adams go. The Packers traded Devontae Adams. Now the Packers have literally no receiving core. Um, none. Like I'm not sure who Aaron Rodgers, after signing his new contract, is going to throw to. I'm pretty sure they're going to have to run down to the fucking farm and feed in Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and grab some, like... Big but, guys for tight ends because I don't know who he's throwing the ball to. I um, mean, I don't understand how you go through a will he want these situation with Aaron Rodgers for so much. And again, let me be very clear because I know certain people are watching this program. Fuck the Packers. I'd like to repeat that. Fuck the Packers. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers and his COVID toe are like the like linchpin to that whole thing. But they needed Devontae Adams to get anywhere near a Super Bowl. Him and Jordy Nelson. And now they let Adams leave, and he's going to Las Vegas. Yep. And Vegas were already, Derek Carr was already doing a masterful job without a ton of weapons there. He had well, some good stuff. Well, and Vegas but just got, they just got a new quarterback. Did they? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh the, they traded for Marcus Mariota. Uh, yeah. I thought that Derek Derek Carr was still there though. He is. Yeah. So he's still their starter. Marcus Mariota. No, Marcus Mariota. Look, the season that Derek Carr had last year was starting was the start of the breakout of what everybody's been expecting from I, him for the past couple of years, and I think uh, you're going to see that. Like he built on it in twenty. 19 or he built on it in 2020 he showed it in the 2021 season and you're going to continue to see that with Devonte adams and others next year marcus mariota nice guy no, look just I think he's Carson not a starting could, quarterback maybe they're just making him maybe they're just making him compete um i saw they offered adams more money yes so the rumor is twofold one is that a he always wanted to be a raider yeah right and b that uh he was sick of aaron Rodgers. That's funny because they they definitely played up in the in the PR. They definitely they played up friends. that they were best friends for life. Uh, Rogers, 
Rodgers took a turn this year. Uh, for anybody that wasn't watching the whole vaccination debate with Rodgers this oh, year yeah. and everything else that happened, the fact of the matter is, is that Rodgers is always going to be the smartest guy in the room. And Except even when he's not. Even when he's not, yeah. And I think that Devontae Adams was sick of it. And Devontae Adams was like, you know what's bad about Green Bay? It's cold. Right? They got a nice new air-conditioned stadium down in Las Vegas. And that's a beautiful-looking stadium. I actually want to go down and go to a game there. Yeah. Immunized, haha. Yes, that's exactly, exactly it, Brooks. That's exactly what happened. Um, I don't know. The Seahawks traded away Russell Wilson, which didn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I knew they weren't going to do it last year because they would have taken a kind of $30 million dead money cap hit. This year, they don't take that dead money cap hit. Yeah, so, but, but why did they get rid of Bobby Wagner? Um, The best theory I've seen is that they're just burning it all down. I mean, that's fair. I, t- I mean, that's, they're just like, they, nope, but they kept, we're done. The, the good thing is, though, they did keep Rashad Penny. They did. They signed they, him. They basically got rid of everybody who was on that Super Bowl team. Yeah. Um, and there's been talk from a couple of players who've left Seattle that Pete does really well. And if you remember that Super Bowl team, mm-hmm. it was all mostly players in their first two, three years in the NFL. Yeah. Um, He's the George Lucas where, of, of, of NFL coaches. Let's be and honest. That's, he takes and relatively that's, no names and does things with them. And that's, but that's where Pete does best because that's yeah. where his rah rah attitude, when they're coming out of college and they're young and they're yes. full of fire, where his rah rah style of coaching yeah. is super effective. Once you get six, seven, eight years in the league, it yeah. just doesn't mean as much. And so, I also think it's, I think it's a little bit of this too of the style of uh, the game. Because the AFC mm-hmm. right now, because because Deshaun Watson went over there, and let's let's imagine a world where he is still a top five quarterback. We'll see. Top ten. A lot of people say he's top five, but he's not. Yeah. You still have Patrick Mahomes over there, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> and you still point. have what is in my mind, besides Tom Brady, the best quarterback in the NFL. And oh, by the way, he's got the MVP trophies to prove it in Lamar Jackson. So you, and he, and guess who's up for a, a contract negotiation next year is Lamar Jackson. And, and he's got just, the hardware to prove that he's worth that much money. And you just stuck Russell Wilson in Denver. In Denver. In the, in the AFC with an amazing receiving core. Yes. And a pretty dang good defense. And, oh, less, and one of the best O-lines in the league. Right, exactly. And I think that's the thing is getting rid of, getting rid of Wilson in Seattle is actually an okay thing because Pete's way of scripting the offense requires a little bit of that razzle dazzle, um, mm-hmm. which is why I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to come to Seattle, frankly, because I don't think Pete, Pete's never been a pocket passer quarterback. If you go back and look at all of the QBs he had in college at USC and stuff like that, you know, none of those guys panned out in the NFL at all. The only time he had a, a pocket passer quarterback here in Seattle was the last year that he had Hasselbeck. Yeah. And that was the year that they beat the Saints in the playoffs. That was the the beast quake run. That was the year we got Marshawn. We mm-hmm. traded for Marshawn from Buffalo, when when everybody thought Marshawn was washed up. Yeah, because he he got drafted by Buffalo and basically did nothing. Yeah, he was crap. And Pete was like, "Nope, that's my guy." And Pete was right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I want to address the the chat here though. 
You say mostly weaponless Mahomes. Let's let's run down the roster real quick. Does he though. still have his tight end? Yes, and that's all. That's, first go. of all, that's all you need is Travis Kelsey. He's one of the best tight yep. ends ever. However, you still have, for sure, arguably one of the two best tight ends in the NFL right now, uh, all day long. But he still has Josh Gordon. They signed Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, they still got. Uh, He's getting up there though. He's does he, who's his number one? Probably it's not Josh Gordon. Uh, maybe. It was Tyreek Hill until today. <laughs> it might go back to being Travis Kelsey. I don't know. Um, but I also kind of think like maybe they're getting a couple of younger guys in there, though, because you can't cover everybody in the secondary. That's the thing. No. And if you've got Travis Kelsey in your in your uh, over the middle, you can't do that. And they're an oh, by the way, Patrick Mahomes can still run his butt off. So, like, you got a lot yeah. of weapons there. He he is literally like what happened he's a madden game in a player he, he and he literally he did the same thing russell did right first year came in the league did some good stuff second year wins a super bowl what did russell do his first year came into the league hey that's kind of neat gets into the playoffs second year wins the super bowl third year goes back to the super bowl loses yep same as russell right like like it's great yeah, I, I think it's, he's got a little exactly more Andy. Exactly the same thing. He's got a little more Andy Reid with him though, which I think Andy Reid's a lot more of a defensive guy too, though. I think Andy you're going to see some more of that coming out this year. But the a the the AFC is just going to be a tough like your your AFC champion may go fourteen and thirteen and Look, still the a- trounce the NFC in the Super Bowl probably. The AFC West looks like, and the NFC West has largely been a really good division for the last few years. But the AFC West has the Chiefs, the Broncos with Russell now, mm-hmm. the Raiders, who had a pretty good year, and the Chargers, who were arguably the weakest one in that division, and they still didn't do terrible last year. Yep. Um, quite frankly, the AFC West is looking pretty rough. Tom Brady is happy he's not in the AFC anymore. <laughs> and let's, I, let's touch on that. When when he was like, I'm retired. Never mind. <laughs> he went he went and hung out with Ronaldo for like one day and was like, you know what? I think I still got it. I think I still got it. <laughs> he was there with with, with, with fucking his his super runner wife. Nope, nope. Got to yeah. got to keep going. I'm not ready. No. I'm not ready for the to do list just yet. You know. Um, I just. But here's the thing, like, I wonder with guys like him. Because if I was him, I would have retired after that Super Bowl win in Tampa. Absolutely. Right? Like, why? And I think that's what brought him back. Because I think he was like, I think he legit now is thinking, I should have retired then, but I need one more. Right? Yeah. Like, to make sure that nobody ever breaks that record, eight Super Bowls. Right? Like, which is going to be an impossible record to break. Well, and in fairness, if you look at the past, uh, what was the stat if you looked at it? Um, most quarterbacks don't make it to that many Super Bowls, let alone oh, win no. that many. But like, it's always. But for Brady, I think even since going to the, from like the end of his Patriots run and into his time at in uh, Tampa Bay, it's been like lose, win the Super Bowl, lose, win the Super Bowl, back to back, just like that. So they lost this year. So now everybody's kind of like, well, it's the year that Tom Brady's going to win the Super Bowl again. You but know? quite frankly, the NFC still has enough people where Tom Brady is not unbeatable, right? And that's yeah. the thing is that, and that's why why because you know you should know Tom Brady 
Because you lost to the Giants twice. <laughs> you lost to Eli Manning of the Giants, not once, but twice in the Super Bowl, Tom. Yeah. Which means you should have retired after you won that last one, so you could just ride off in the sunset with your last win. See, it was me, not Belichick. Yeah. Right? Because that's the point you were trying to make. And yeah. you made it. But let's but be let's you, be honest though. Brady's still up, Brady. Oh, go ahead. Good. I'm just gonna laugh if the Bucks go like nine and eight or ten and seven this year. Uh, and he ha- he has to slink off into the sunset, like and hide for a couple years until he gets his Hall of Fame b- ballots. Well, it'll be exactly five years. He'll, he'll yeah. be first. He'll be first ballot Hall of Famer. But like, oh yeah, remember sure. he still has Mike Evans. He still has Chris Godwin. He still has like it's he still, still got super hard to win Super Bowls in this league. And yet There's Brady many- still makes it look easy. Go figure. He. <laughs> I don't know but how. The, I want to hate on him too, but it just—he makes it easy. He makes it look easy. I don't know why. But the thing was, is that <sighs> you're having a hard time arguing with me on that. I mean, I, I get it. It's a 17-game season. It's a lot to manage. But you've got he's a team. chasing that undefeated team in Super Bowl. I—I I mean, I All agree right. with you, Chad. I think that's what he's chasing. I don't know if he's going to win another one. I don't think I you're ever going to see. With 17 games, you're never going to see another undefeated season, period. Oh, no, 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 it's, no, no. And, and, and as the coaches are managing the game more and more later in the season where they start sitting starters and making sure that they're not, you know, yeah. they're not trying to burn out their players, too, I think you're never going to see another undefeated season. I uh, I agree with you. Um, he did have his best statistical season last year. You are correct. Um <laughs> And I think that the year that he had the undefeated season and then lost in the Super Bowls to the Giants, like that was the last time that it was even possible. Yeah. Because nobody's done it in the 16-game or 17-game era. The last time was the, the Dolphins when we were still at 14 games. Yep. And in the regular season. So, nope, I agree. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Um, Quite uh, frankly, I'm just kind of... I was happy when Peyton retired. Like, yeah. there comes a certain point where it's like, just... <laughs> Go away. Go away. Eventually. All right. I got to wrap it up. Yes. So let's wrap it up. Thank you for joining for Sports Talk on Identico. Yes. We're just going to add This is the only thing I don't have to prepare for ever, by the way, is Sports Talk. Uh, So if you would like us for all of your sports podcast needs, uh, give out our information. You can find Alex at Alex the Humanoid everywhere. You can find me at, at the Mallow Man everywhere. Uh, and we're happy to come on and talk about sports or, you know, Identico and board games and everything like that on your podcast, uh, everywhere you do, uh, join us tomorrow. Uh, if you're in the Seattle area, gamers heaven in Linwood, uh, come shout, come shout at us. We're going to be running Identico. We might have to run three tables tomorrow. The turnout has been fantastic and honestly, we're having so much fun. So come join us, uh, come get yourself a boba or beer. Now you can get beer there. Uh, cause come join us. We'll roll some dice together and have a little bit of fun, uh, on a Thursday night. Uh, it's been kind of a rainy Thursday, uh, in Seattle too. So it's like a perfect cyberpunk kind of, you know, kind of, kind of vibe week. going on there. Yep. Yep. Now we just need a little more neon and we're good to go. Um, I can make that happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually throwing the hair back out. Cause I think I'm literally going to show up at the Mohawk one of these Hell days. Yeah. Like I'm going to go back to the pandemic Mohawk. Fuck yeah. Uh, until then, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, uh, take, drink your water, take your vitamins, 
stay safe out there because Lord knows it's getting still getting crazy. Uh, we love you, and we'll see you again next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Mwah! Good night, y'all. Good night.